Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Zinati Guma. And joining me to take your questions this evening, uh, Zuelaike Mguni from Benguela Global Fund Managers and Derek Jansa van Rensburg from Anchor. Do send those questions via SMS to 41392. Email us at stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. Thanks so much, gentlemen, for your time. Uh, on the JSC, I'm quite interested uh, in your sentiment towards the resources today. They dived, I think, almost 3% on the day. And uh, Derek, I mean, just from your standpoint, is this a global growth concern coming through or uh, earnings specific? So I think if we just look at it through the context of what's happened in January, we've had a very strong bounce in markets from the low point that we kind of finished the year on 2022. Um, you know, obviously, all eyes have been on the Fed. How long inflation will sit at these heightened levels and how far will interest rate cycles take us in terms of where the top or where we start to see a plateau, plateauing environment? Um, it certainly has been a bit of a risk-off trade on the recent data that was released about a week and a half ago. Um, and I think resources have felt the brunt of this. We've also had a big bounce in Chinese-related stocks, which has certainly given some buoyancy to the resource space. Uh, but commodity prices are starting to come off their high. Money is starting to flow back into the dollar. Um, it is very much a risk-off environment. Uh, X growth for now. Uh, and that's caused somewhat of an unwind in some of the resources. Um, although I see Billiton has been quite resilient through this the sell-off, mm. but certainly a bit of, bit of a softer environment for the resources as we sit at the moment. Yeah. Zuleka, what did you make of today's trading session? Because we did see a sea of red over there, except for the financial 15. Uh, I agree. I think, I think the resources sector is taking some strain, but... I think if you look at it, I mean, uh, uh, like I said, at the beginning of the year, the rise was to some extent overdone, uh, given the backdrop of a declining or weak global economy and rising interest rates. I mean, naturally, those two uh, factors are negative for resources. So I think the financial space, I think we, it was largely all mutual that had a a big jump. I mean, there wasn't much that uh, that came out in, in terms of news, but we saw that that was up. I mean, 91 was up, but generally a, a subdued day in the market today. Yeah. I'm, I'm just interested, um, Derek, and in, in your take in uh, where we are in terms of the commodity cycle at this point. Um, because yesterday I was actually talking to uh, Natasha Fulyun from Amplats and she was actually still talking about still the robust pricing and uh, obviously the fact that we come from a higher base in terms of commodity pricing. So where in the cycle do you think we are? I think what uh, viewers need to dif differentiate is, uh, you know, anything South African related and anything that's obviously non-South African related. So non-South African-related resources are actually do, doing quite well um, and obviously getting the benefit of, uh, you know, increased productivity and obviously moving things, uh, you know, to, to the desired destination. Where we sit from a South African perspective is we're dealing with a whole host of issues in terms of capitalizing on higher commodity prices where, you know, it's been difficult to get things out of Richards Bay. Transnet's been an issue. 
we suffering the sort of backdrop of increased load shedding at the moment. These are very electricity intensive uh, mining operations from a South African perspective. Um, where we sit today, I, I still like the commodity space. I think that uh, the cash flow generation in this space, particularly from an offshore perspective or mines that are operated outside of South Africa, certainly are uh, in, in very healthy positions and you can expect some decent dividend flow. When yeah. it comes to the South African perspective, we've seen some softer production numbers starting to come out, battling to get uh, commodities out of the uh, Richards Bay terminal. And obviously, as I said, the back the backdrop of load shedding certainly doesn't help. So I certainly think that, uh, you know, they've done well over the last, call it three to four months. And I think that's also been very much driven about a, around a reignition around China. Um, but, uh, you know, we're due for a bit of a pullback I think it will be temporary. Uh, the diversified miners operating outside of the, uh, outside of South Africa do look quite interesting to me. Yeah, quite interesting uh, point that you bring out there because obviously um, our as much as uh, pricing is still uh, robust, but uh, those earnings are also diluted by the operational issues that we face in the country. Uh, Zwelake, uh, where would you be looking for for value here? Um, I don't know, would you maybe go into the South African-focused uh, uh, mining stocks, maybe just for um, a cheaper entry point? Yeah, look, I, I think I agree with Derek. I mean, if you look at the SA-focused uh, mining stocks, I think you, you're actually quite under pressure. But not only the mining stocks, I think the uh, other areas of the market, like the retailers, consumer discretionary, I think those areas are actually quite challenged from a... A, a productivity point of view uh, as a result of the, the power failures and weak economic growth. I think I think uh, the one fits into the other, the, the electricity situation fits into the weak economic growth. But it's not as if we had a very strong economy uh, in any case. So I, I would be quite cautious about pushing too hard on the local stocks, but there are some defensiveness or, or at least defensive stocks within within the sector. I think the, the food retail has done uh, very well, or the food retailers have done very well, but I think there may be opportunities in some of the clothing areas, but, but it's probably too early at this stage. I think one wants to get a bit more uh, downside to be uh, uh, priced in, and then you can, you can pick them up. But offshore is probably better positioned at the moment than the, the SA Inc., uh, all right. Well, uh, let's get to, well, stick, still sticking to our resources, uh, getting to uh, the viewers' questions here. There's a question on Tungela. The price dropped today under 200. What is the reason for the share price dropping by more than 120 rand in the last three months? The financial update in December 2022, they made good profits for 2022. They sit on 18,000, uh, 18 billion in cash. Um, and they're going to announce those results on the 26th of March. Is it a good buy? Um, that coal price, is it all the fact that uh, Europe uh, managed to avoid an energy crunch and also their the winter was warmer than had been anticipated, Derek? What, Derek? I think you're muted. Apologies. So we've obviously seen the uh, coal price come off uh, quite sharply from its recent highs. The world's kind of moving back to a normal 
normality in terms of uh, what ignited the energy crisis being very much the Russia-Ukraine uh, invasion. Um, remember, sitting on high levels of cash from a Tungela perspective brings about its own risks. We saw uh, a recent announcement that they're looking to buy or spend quite a significant amount of that money on an acquisition in Australia. Um, and that brings into question how much the dividend is going to be looking forward. So this has been very much a cash cow. Investors have been invested in it, looking to extrapolate a bit of a yield out of it. And, you know, obviously uh, looking to grow by acquisition probably dilutes that yield looking forward. Um, personally, I think that the coal price is a little bit overdone in the short term, and we should start to see um, a little bit more demand. And again, you know, things tend to overreact on the ups and the downs. I think it's starting to overreact on the downside now. Um, and we should see some higher levels in the coal price, which should, should be supported for Tungela. But just keep an eye on those results. I think that the, the dividend is certainly going to be diluted with the recent uh, acquisition or potential acquisition that they've announced. I get your point, Derek, that they are cash flush right now and uh, they're, ba they're basically now starting to spend that money elsewhere um, uh, where, where they're not uh, deploying all that money on dividends. But at the same time, you mentioned the country risks that do exist, that we can't really take advantage of the demand uh, globally um, because of transnet and load shedding issues where they've now decided to expand geographically where you don't really have those challenges. So in the long run and, and just fundamentally as well, like, is that not a good thing, even though it does dilute those dividends? Yeah, I don't know if uh, their investment into Australia is a wise move. If you look at what uh, uh, BHP is doing, they're actually looking to sell some of their uh, uh, coal assets in the same region as where Tungela is investing. But I think if you look at the situation, I think that the coal price is still above the long-term average. And I think one would accept that it should be given the circumstances in Europe. But I also think that the base is already high. You've got uh, a, a situation in South Africa where they can't get their coal out. And the price of coal, I think the API 4 is down about 17%. Uh, year to date, so that is actually hitting home in terms of the the earnings and the revenues that they can generate. So their offshore investment would crimp the dividend, but whether it is a sustainable investment, I mean, they said there, there'll be a three-year payback period, but I don't know if it's sustainable as a a sector where you could diversify. They already the diversified geographic risk. Yeah. Just lastly, before we go to break, Derek, uh, talking about um, that dividend that will be diluted, uh, is this still not a good dividend to have looking at the fundamentals of coal right now? Of course, I understand the worries about uh, 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 dipping a dividend because of the records that we come from, but is it still solid? Yeah, I think uh, a good point that you make there. I think that the yield is still going to remain extremely high. You're going to get a very decent yield out of it if you buy it around this 200 Rand level. Um, so I think it looks interesting. It's more of a short-term play. Like all commodity stocks, you've got to stay very close to the door and be very careful around the underlying commodity prices of these things. 
Um, but certainly the yield is still going to be very attractive, even at 200, 200 rand per share, you know, despite them looking to, to acquire. Um, looks interesting. I think that there's still going to be some decent cash flow generation, even at these coal prices. Uh, but stay close to the door. Right, so let's get to more of the viewer questions. So we have one here on City Lodge. Uh, City Lodge has dropped dramatically this week, and I wonder why, since overall occupancies are up and it continues to persevere. There was a trading statement on the 20th, which posted EPS increasing near 400% uh, from 21 to 2022, and furthermore, that a more comprehensive statement covering the end of 2022 will be released soon. Why has the market reacted to sell off a stock which I think is already undervalued? Zulaike? Oh, I'm not sure what, what this uh, sell-off is attributable to, but uh, I agree with you. I think uh, the, the trading statement did was quite encouraging, uh, and I think... Uh, the, the sell-off might be an opportunity maybe to to look at uh, whether they could this could be a good entry point i haven't looked at the latest uh, uh, outlook or, or what they say but i think the occupancies would probably be up and i think if, if you look globally there is a pickup in the tourism sector again and people are traveling again i think that'd be quite positive for them uh, as a as part of that whole sector your and today it's actually down almost 10 percent um derek i mean do you think that i don't know is are the, is this investors uh taking profit because i know that there has been quite um positive sentiment leading up to this year on city lodge and what they would do over the holiday season so had everything been baked in already yeah so i think one needs to remember that there is still very much a low base effect coming through in city lodge you know, that's obviously COVID-driven, um, low, lower than expected occupancy rates, obviously kind of climbing out of the COVID situation, things started to pick up, but still very much a low base. So from a percentage perspective, the trading statement reads very well. But I think when you read into the detail of the trading statement, you need to keep a very close eye on the fundamentals and ultimately come down to a current valuation on the back of this trading statement in terms of uh what is the right pe for the stock it seems to me that it's a little bit lofty i think that uh you know the trajectory is moving in the right direction how much growth they get from here difficult to call um you know anything above 60 percent occupancy for a company like city lodge is decently profitable for them um but we'd like to see that occupancy above that 60 percent level to really start uh um, harnessing a lot of the margin that they make as a business. So I think from a fundamental perspective, it's probably priced right around this four and forty. I don't I don't expect raceaway markets or, or a raceaway share price for City Lodge. I think it's priced correctly, um, and it's it's probably going to bumble around these prices until we see the next set of numbers. Yeah, just sticking with you, Derek. I mean, would this this dip then provide a good buying opportunity? For City Lodge, yeah. uh, I think all the news, all the news is in the price. Yeah. Um, I'm not seeing it as a buying opportunity. I think that there's better places. Uh, the, the catalyst was the trading statement. It's come out. I see it did trade up around five rand twenty and, and reversed quite quickly off that to five rand ten. Yeah. Um, 
I, I don't see it moving beyond five rand until we analyze this, the, the next set of numbers. Yeah, okay. Um, there's a question here on listed property. I'm not a fan of property uh, listed investments. Uh, do the panel, or does the panel think it's the right time to get in or not? And is growth point the diversification needed in my portfolio? So just uh, with, starting with the first part of that question, is this the right time to get into listed property? Um, the fundamentals of the economy are still not supportive of, of significant growth there. But when you look at the earnings that are coming out, they're actually kind of saying otherwise. We're like... I, think, I mean, the, the pain is not over yet, I think, for, for the sector. But I think we are basing, in terms of the, the fundamentals, I think we are close to the bottom, in my view. Uh, and the, the question is whether the, the current uh, uh, prices have discounted some of that recovery. I think we've seen quite a strong rebound in the last three months in the, in the sector. I certainly think that uh, you know, you might want to see a bit more, but the sectors that are exposed to uh, office, I think, would be uh, in a in a very difficult position still. But I think, due to the low base, they might show an improvement in the numbers uh, in the next set of results. Okay, quite interesting that you bring up the fact that they do come from a low base. Because, uh, for example, Emira released their results, what was it, last week or a week and a half ago. And their office um, uh, vacancies actually were reduced, uh, occupancies increased. Um, yeah, so, so just the second part of that question, um, a growth point, is that the diversification needed in that portfolio if you are going to go in, Derek? Uh, this comes down to a question of you buying property stocks with the underpin of yield. So these typically pay decent yields. They're obviously going to be um, linked to what interest rate environments do um, in terms of interest rates going up, prices going down, a little bit like the bond market. But <clears throat> I think if you are a retail investor, you can certainly time the buying of these shares to collect yield and in better as they get pregnant with that yield the prices tend to pick up um so you've got to be very specific about your entry point something i'm keeping an eye on in the, at the moment is redefined sitting at about 375 that looks interesting you know at this price you are probably going to lock in a decent yield but be, be prepared to sit on it for a minimum of six months to at least get that yield out of it. So I'm not bullish on the property market or on the property sector at the moment, but I certainly think that uh, if you're active in that space, you can you can look to strip out a bit of yield and probably trade a range within it. Ah, all right. Uh, we're going back to resources now. Uh, wanting to buy more of Sibanya Stillwater at this stage, or should I wait for the upcoming annual Results. So this is uh, usually a favorite one, but of course we have seen the pressure um, with the rest of the commodity stocks. They, they, they've been busy with quite a lot of corporate action. Um, Zola, okay, Sibanya Stillwater, would you be going in? Yeah, I think I wouldn't go in now. I think, as you said, they're quite busy with the uh, corporate action. Uh, close to the peak of the commodity cycle, if we haven't seen the peak, uh, so, so the only 
uh, element that is highly leveraged that I think has potential for, for good performance is a gold sector, uh, or at least this, the gold division. But I mean, it's, it's, it's quite a poor division. It's quite a, a poor quality uh, element of that business. What? They are busy okay. with this uh, corporate action. And I think that corporate action will depress their returns and make things worse in the beginning and then only recover later. So I will probably still wait for an opportunity to to maybe get it at the better price. Okay. Um, Derek, so someone who is wanting to buy more of Sibanya Stillwater, should they, should they wait for the actual results? Um, or do you think that, yeah, could we see more pain then so to provide a better entry point maybe? Like all commodity stocks, you've got to watch this palladium and, pla uh, palladium and platinum price. Palladium price has come off extremely sharply over the last month. So I think it's sitting at about $1,500 at the moment after being above 2000 recently. So that's probably caused quite a significant amount of downside in it. A lot of bad news probably in the price sub 40 rand a share. Um, I, I'm sort of leaning towards the, the side of the fence that you want to start nibbling on it. I think that you are going to get some dividend underpin. There's still going to be some decent cash flow generation out of them. Remember, their, their big signature asset is that still water asset, which is outside of South Africa. And we're sitting on a, a rand dollar exchange rate of close to 1824 at the moment. So there should be some underpin with some of those offshore assets, the still water, still water asset in particular. Um, I think it's starting to look interesting. You can nibble it, nibble at it, but this is certainly not a stock that's trending uh, to the upside. You know, it's going to have a lot of volatility. Have a look when, when we expect dividends, buy it for the dividend, collect the dividend, and hopefully we see some higher palladium and platinum prices from these levels. Ah, all right. Uh, well, let's get to your stock picks, uh, Zulake, today. Where are you seeing upside? Sitting <laughs> on, uh, I think uh, they they put out numbers and they've turned. Oh, Zulake, uh, Zulake, we lost you there a bit. So what's your stock pick? Airbnb. Okay. <laughs> Um, so they put out numbers, I think, uh, uh, earlier, I think it was last week. Uh, what the numbers showed was that the cash flows have come back. Uh, they are businesses up and running again in, in many places, uh, except for China. I think the, the business is uh, looking quite uh, interesting. They, they've turned the, the cash flow corner now after two years of uh, negative free cash flow. So I think it's likely to deliver... Uh, even more improved performance in the coming uh, months and years. So I certainly think that it's one that I'll go with at the moment. Uh, all right. And on your side, Derek? So I'm, I'm going to lean towards the tech sector in the US, and I'm going to stay in a safe name being Google or Alphabet. I think that, uh, you know, the, we sort of underway with, with regards to an earnings season at the moment. The, the earnings went great. I think the market expected it. Um, but I certainly think that this is a company that's well positioned over the next 12 to 18 months. Um, and certainly after the sell-off that we've experienced through the course of the last 12, 12 months or 2022, I think this is actually offering a decent entry point. It's a nice long-term buy for me. I like the company. They're sitting on a lot of cash on balance sheets. 
And I think that uh, the sort of top tier of the U.S. market is the first part that's going to respond to any sort of uh, bounce back in market. So, yeah, softer results short term, but long term, I think it's offering a decent entry point. All right. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen, for your time and for your analysis today. My guest is Wilaike Mguni from Benguela Global Fund Managers and Derek Janssen van Rensburg from Anchor. Julieta is back with Stockwatch tomorrow night. Thank <laughs> you.